You know, so that's yeah, I prep I prep for like branding questions, like Nike questions <laughs> and all these kind of things. I would never expect <laughs> Christmas. This go come on, this gonna be this show for Christmas there and we ain't out not in Christmas during the holiday. But you know, that's all you so it goes. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey! If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. Hey, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. First of all, I must say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all of that good stuff, because this is probably coming out today. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably coming out today. Uh, I don't know how to edit this, but it's going to come out this afternoon. I got two hours. I'm going to be scared. As you said, you, you, you got to just jump in head first. But yeah. today I'm here with, I'm actually in studio with Atiba Byron, owner of Freco, architect, designer, visionary, fearless warrior, king, all kind of things. <laughs> Tiba, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Steven, for inviting me to the show. I'm a big, big, big fan of the show. Big fan of you for years. But the thing is, Tiba is like Tiba and Nakiro is like, I think the biggest fans, like the most vocal fans of this podcast. Like 100%. Yeah. I appreciate them every time. Even when they don't agree or they agree or yeah. they don't agree. Um, today, we're going to be talking about architecture. We're going to touch on business. Um, we're going to touch on the history of Freco as well. Because there's some inspiration here to yeah. begin, uh, right? Yeah. And Tiba is a builder, but he's also one of those divers who dive headfirst into everything. Yep. All right. Ex- except questions. Except questions. Q- so here we go. <laughs> With our factual fiction, we're gonna give you five statements, and we're gonna ask you if you think they're true or if you think they're Just false. Just say no. I'm gonna say true for everything. <laughs> I, I like that response. I, I just <laughs> want to see. I just want to see what's going on here because I don't got them labeled. Up. I know. I know. Yeah. See, I get you. How much I'm getting right now? Yeah. You know. You know. I'm gonna adjust as it go. All right. All right. Let's go. Okay. So let's go. So Tiba, all of these are based on Christmas. I don't know how big a fan you are. Maybe not. But I feel like you will. Yeah. Here we go. Number one. Christmas was illegal in the U.S. until 1836, as it was considered an considered an ancient pagan holiday. Christmas was illegal in the U.S until 1836, as it was considered an ancient pagan holiday. True or false? I'm going false. It's absolutely true. False. See, <laughs> myself. English, the English parliament banned Christmas for 12 years from, ni- from 1647, and the, the ban was only lifted in Massachusetts colony mm. in 1660. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The last, I think the last colony to, wow, wow. So Christmas was legalized in 1836, meaning that there was 200 years where it was a criminal. It was criminal to celebrate. That's Christmas. weird. That I think I think it's still criminal for the record. Uh, I think it costs a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. That's a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, somebody said to the somebody to the like, somebody said uh, a lady asked them, "How is Christmas treating you?" And he said, "Christmas hasn't treated me." Uh, well, since I was a child, I mean, watch, watch, I've watch, been treating Christmas. Watch your grip with your loans, with your loans going up. It's still criminal. Still criminal. Oh man, <laughs> they're giving away money, man. Come on, for free. For free. 
Craziness. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Number two. During the Christmas season, almost twenty eight Lego sets are sold every second. During the Christmas season, almost twenty eight Lego sets are sold every second. True or false? Sure. One hundred percent accurate. Yes, it's true. Yeah. That is crazy. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's per second. Yeah. Money. Number three. In the U.S., less than three percent of Jews erect a Christmas tree in their homes for the Christmas season. In the U.S., less than three percent. It's actually false. That's false. Yeah, it's actually thirty-two percent. Thirty-two percent of Jews say they had a Christmas tree in their house That's in two thousand eighteen. They, 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 they don't. Have, they got to go up with Jesus Christ. So it's kind of weird. That. It's weird. Yeah. But they said that the, the research shows that they celebrate Christmas as a culture versus as a religion. religion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's weird. Number four. Hmm. Research has shown that, the cult, that culturally, Japanese stay away from fast food for the holidays, leading most chains like KFC to close down some of their branches during the Christmas season. Research has shown that culturally, Japanese stay away from fast food for the holidays, leading to most chains like KFC to close down some of their branches during the Christmas season. True or false? True. It's absolutely false. In Japan, KFC is, the, is a typical feast of Christmas Eve. The KFC Christmas trend began following a successful advertising campaign in 1964, which coined the phrase Kentucky for Christmas, <laughs> which KFC, Kentucky KFC for Christmas, Christmas, after an expat customer observed that in a land lacking Yuletide, Yuletide turkey fried chicken was the next best thing. So, yeah, the man does, did I order like, did I have pre orders mm -hmm. up to like October? It's crazy. Because like the lines them don't be just that long mm. around the block. Like KFC does be That's crazy. pulling in That's crazy. millions of dollars. All right, number five, the last one. The first plastic Christmas trees were produced by a toilet brush manufacturer. They used the same bristles, they just dyed them green. <laughs> the first plastic Christmas trees were produced by a so that's toilet brush Manufacturer, yeah. they use the same bristles, they just dyed them green. Trust that's, that, that's not like it makes sense. Because Christmas is. Is, is shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying on the podcast. <laughs> so many people believe Merry, in Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I true. It's absolutely 100% true. So I get three out of five. You get three out of five, you still win the game. You, you have a, a, a business, it's called Freco. Mm -hmm. um, and at first, when I, when I knew about Freco, I knew it to be like, you see the design mm -hmm. um, and, and, and like architecture and, and yeah. so on. I think you, you, your major is in architecture. Yeah, major is in architecture. All right. So what, how did the brand evolve from Freco architecture to Freco style, Freco design, Freco, yeah. Freco fashion? Well, um, when, I, when I returned home in 2010, I had a Freco name. Since like 2007. Wait, I wonder if people know Freco because yeah. Freco is like snow cones. Snow it's cone. a local name for snow, snow cones. Cone. It's a local name for snow cones. And I found out that some islands also call it Freco. Oh, really? Yeah. I think so I it's not saying it's alone. Yeah. Uh -huh. But it's just like in just some islands. Like I remember I had a cousin that I told him about it and he was in St. Croix. So mm -hmm. he said like, yeah, we call it Freco too or something oh, like that. Snap. So that kind of, there's some connection there, right? Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I had the name since like 2007. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do like a clothing line because I was inspired by this stuff that at the point in time like Kanye West was doing uh -huh. he, he had a thing called um, Pastel Pastel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I wanted to do that right and the, he was 
it's all about colors and expressions and stuff like that. So you cannot relate it to me because you know, kind of, it's been yeah. in the arts. Yeah, of right? course. And then he had Favel had a thing called ice cream and stuff like that. You know, and I always been inspired by that, but I always said I wanted something that, to remind me of home. Mm. So I kind of had to go to like a brainstorm for like a good like three, four months to find the right name. And I had the name put down. So when I came back in 2010, mm. I mentioned the idea to like a couple of friends of mine. And at some level, it wasn't kind of, it wasn't really like well received in a sense mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. In, but then, so I can put it on the back burner. But in 2010, when I came back, I came back because the economy in the US was bad. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So the, was, the recession. The recession. So mm-hmm. I was forced to come back after like a year and a half of not finding jobs in the US. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I just decided to, you know what, let me just make it into a business because when I came home, I couldn't find any jobs either. Mm. So I was forced to kind of create something, you know, yeah. create a lane for myself and create a lane in something that I never did before. Because at that point in time, 2010, I never really, really did any graphic design, like any serious graphic design work or any of the work that you see me do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, okay, continue. So, you know, when... Yeah, I was creating a, create a lane for myself. So, mm-hmm. so when you came back, you, you came back, you had to create your own business. And I had to create my business. You so, went into something so, new. I went into something new. I had no idea about it. I used to actually have arguments with my clients who knew more than me. But I used to always kind of, you know, let them know, you know, like give the impression that I know what I'm doing. Uh, not, that's, that's the classic fake it till you make, make it. it. But, but, but the thing is, you fake it till you make it, but really applying yourself. So I, was, I would fake it like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. Like, that file doesn't exist. That, that, that file format doesn't exist. You don't know what you're talking about. I got this, right? But when I go home, I would research it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You plug so it in. I plug it in and stuff like that. So then I ended up signing up for Linda, Linda.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like teaching myself stuff on the fly. Right? Wow. And I created the freak or design thing when they did like not architecture because even architectural stuff I found it to be a little daunting because you know it had drafters, people who draft plans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the, the the price range that it was given out to like everybody else is like was really undervaluing like product oh, and stuff like snap. that. Uh-huh. So like you would find like a drafter might offer somebody a dollar per square foot. Oh snap. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's like next to slavery to me. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to get a quality product from that. You're not going to get follow-through from that. But then the culture would kind of say that's what the price is. That's, that's what the price is. Like, I, I could give you, like, an example. Like, one time I had someone, like, you know, like a family member. Mm-hmm. And they needed me to do interior drawings and exterior drawings and bring it up to, like, a board level and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when I did the... They, they had a drawing like a sketch of what I wanted and stuff like that uh-huh. but when I plug it into the computer and I see how big it is and stuff like that I tell them based on the standards here I would do it I would give them a dollar square foot uh-huh. right a dollar a square foot uh-huh. which is it's which is like dot yeah you know uh-huh. what I mean and when I send them the bill I didn't do it I didn't get a job they, uh-huh. they went to somebody else which is fine but it came out to maybe about $16,000 right mm-hmm. because it's 16, the exterior and interior and interior work is far beyond what anybody could even understand like the interior design work is a lot of work interior architecture is a lot of work right mm-hmm. but the $16,000 right for a job that is so let me break it down to you architectural fees mm-hmm. is usually 
eight it could go from eight to twenty percent, right, mm-hmm. of construction fees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at this point, then, like you find that people charging you one percent or even point something percent of construction what? fees, right? And people say have a problem with it. So I imagine I tell somebody, you know, this cost sixteen thousand dollars. They ended up responding to me in an email and said they don't feel they should pay me more than three thousand dollars. Are you kidding? Right. But they don't understand the level of work. And I was about to like pause every single project I had at the time. Of course, you would have had to. focus on this. Because, because that's only like an incredible endeavor. It's an incredible endeavor, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, there went with somebody else, which is fine. And then, uh, I, you know. But isn't that like, isn't that weird to you? Like, when I say weird to you, like, I always saw the architectural part as like probably the most important part. The entire process because it is the plan that the builder would use to construct an entire building. It has to pass through the code and all of that. Yeah. It has to go through, yeah. you know, the, the building board or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, so the, 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 the barrier of the success of the building has to do with both the architect and the, the, the actual builder. Yeah. Right? So, it's just both of those. If you cheap on anyone, I mean, you're, you're talking about people's lives. And, and, and you know, what happened to like if you if you find people you, people usually like do drawings mm-hmm. and they hand it off to the client uh-huh. and that's it because that's what you get that's what you're paying for and you pay like a dollar for square foot or three dollars a square foot or whatever mm-hmm. so you don't get followed through so sometimes you will find like somebody like the house starts to get built mm-hmm. and there's problems mm-hmm. but they can't find the architect or the drafter because to, 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 to fix follow it. through and go through with you know asking why is this like this and so they don't go to the site they don't go and look at the project and kind of direct the con- the contractor mm-hmm. and the contractor now will go and make changes changes yeah 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 and the architect isn't it isn't like knowledgeable about these things and you know our draft person isn't doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. so there's no connection there's a disconnect you know between the process them. but then it, it creates so much dissonance and so much problems because um, my dad is he, he does construction work and you would literally see plans right mm-hmm. and I've been on site where you see plans and you see like sketches on the plan like there's a blue building plan and you see somebody took like a pencil yeah. and made additions and extensions and so on and so on and I'm like thinking to myself like as I go older like but this is wrong. Like this, this means that this part that you're adding on, in pastoral code, this is just you, you yeah. physically adding on a portion. Yeah. Nobody did any assessment. And it messes up with the integrity of the structure. And, and stuff it messes like with. But then you see, I always come back to. I, I'm, I'm a personal believer in in the integrity of, of holding things to standard when it comes to people's lives. Like, like when it comes to animals. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. People got passion for that. I got passion for people. Mm-hmm. If you're building a project, if you're building something that somebody has to utilize and it's compromising anywhere, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I got a serious problem with that too, but that's the, that, that's the nature of the beast here. You know, you know, you have, there, there's other like architects here, you know, real architects here mm-hmm. who, don't, who doesn't really drop the ball. And you know, the top one for me is like Brisbane, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I go on and speak to Brisbane, like I used to work in the planning board too at yeah. the point, right? <laughs> so when I see their drawings, I would just be like in amazement because what happened is like living in the States, I could do architecture now mm-hmm. and interior architecture, right? So we do working drawings, mm-hmm. which is like a building set. And then we do construction drawings, which is a whole lot more work. So this, so the, the, um, the project could go from literally like 12 pages mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. like a working set, DOB set, mm-hmm. to 300 pages for a construction set. What? 
300 pages? Yeah, for like a construction set. Like that's how much work it takes, right? And there's 324 by 36 pages of information, right? But in sync, it's like the, the drafters uh-huh. and some architects as well. What we, what, what we do, once you get the permit to build, which is a small set, it's like 12 to 18 pages, that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. But the contractor now has to kind of use a construction set to do the actual construction of the, of the project, of uh-huh. the building and stuff like that. But we don't get that detail. Only like a couple of people, you know, like Devian Fleming, he has an architectural business, stuff like that. He would get that detail, Brisbane. They would do the 300? They would do like the big sets of giants, you know? Wait, wait, wait. wait. How long How long are we talking but, here, man? I mean... At Brisbane for sure, and you know, like Devian, Devian know it. Like, so Devian will push that level because I know Devian on a personal level too. Mm-hmm. So I know he will push that 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 level of work if needs be, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes clients don't want to pay for that. Oh, so then he that's, the so that's the problem. So he can just reach to he, he can take it to a point, mm-hmm. like a much detailed point than somebody who just like maybe drafting. Mm-hmm. And they say I'm not gonna draft as either, right? Because some of them are really good drafters, mm-hmm. right? But some but some don't have the experience. To go with it, they don't know the knowledge of it, right? They just like copying something. That's why you could drive a one saying it's, and you see a lot of buildings that look like identical. Yeah, yeah, they look the same. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's like copy this, a piece from here, a piece from there, and put it together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take a plan and just add an, add an, an extra room. And that's it. Yeah, and then they, and so it's like a hustle, you know yeah, what I mean? It's copy but, and paste. But I understand that people got a family to feed and they got to make a way. But there's a couple of drafters that's really good and they really take the time out to like teach yourself how to use the softwares and stuff like that and create a high level product mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of them right mm-hmm. so but wait like when it comes to when it comes to art when it comes to that um like you said you have drafters is it that a drafter is different to an architect or like what what's the difference was it what's the difference between a draft and an architect Because I, I, I assume, like, everybody got to take everything into account when you're doing... Because, I mean, you're just... Like, does a drafter have to take into account, okay, this is the environment that this building is going to... Or they don't go so far. It's just, like, here's a drawing. Do your best. Okay. To put it simply, like, an architect would have a project and they would see the project, like, right through. Mm-hmm. Like, they see every single detail, like, mentally and stuff like that. And work their way through it. Mm-hmm. What a drafter in a company does is take the red lines from the architect mm-hmm. and just reproduce. The red lines is like what, notes? Or? Like notes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they reproduce what the architects like Says. give them. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have any say in the design intent. They don't have any, any, any um, input in stuff like that. They might have like little things that might say or suggest mm-hmm. and stuff because some of them are some of them get really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. And because they become drafters sometimes you got to get to like learn like the code and the code, like the building code yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they might see something that the architect might miss. So it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know It's like a nurse to a doctor. Yeah, well not really because the nurse sometimes knows more than a doctor. It's like it could be that. It could be that. Yeah. It could be it, it could be described the same way, mm-hmm. right? And like I say, in a knock on the drafters, but that's the difference and that's the problem that some people would have because there's people who doesn't really care about the architect, the architecture like of it. They don't care about the process and stuff like that. Mm. So in any business, in any industry, there's always like somebody who's hustling yeah. and doing it just for the money. Yeah. But you got some drafters that really care about, beyond the the, yeah, be, about the project and beyond the money. But sometimes you run into a lot of these people who hustle people. Like somebody came to me recently, they asked me how much Again, for this project. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, based on this, the project type, 
you know, I would charge maybe like $15,000 for that project. Mm-hmm. They never came back, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that I got like a cheaper offer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is fine because they're going to get what they paid for. But that's, you see, but that's the issue though. Like we, we, we have a circular, we have a circular issue here because you're saying, okay, they are drafters, they are architects. It sounds to me like what you're telling me is that people bypass the architect and just go straight to a draftsman. Yeah. Draft up this drawing for me. I don't really care you do it, but as long as the price is right, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. How does that work toward the integrity of building structures? Like, how does that ensure that we are going to be safe? Like, when it comes to these structures that we're building, this mortar that are going up and break and start. Yeah, yeah. well... What does that mean? But you see, the, the thing, like, in a, in a small island like St. Kitts, is that we have codes that you don't, you're not allowed to build past a certain height. Mm. So it's almost like it's easy for people to reproduce it because once the contractor does it like, let's say, 50 times, mm. then no work it and but still to use. So it's almost easy to kind of bypass it. Mm. But then you end up getting a house sometimes that is kind of like old-fashioned, like in terms of a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. You don't know where columns are. You don't know if you could expand the house because you don't, you don't know where the columns are and stuff like that. Like somebody like me mm-hmm. uh, like different architects they will pay attention to all these details because they don't they, they know that you know people are going to expand so they're going to pay attention to the grid of the columns in the walls and stuff like that like I would like to draw a house mm-hmm. and I always put the columns like in certain places so if a person wants to break down a wall it's not a problem it's easy right? you don't it's have to worry about messing up the integrity of, of the, the building, building itself. itself so the structure could just stand up by itself you know what I mean so it's almost I think about it almost like a cage mm-hmm. right you have these columns and beams and stuff that connected like a cage and then all the blocks and stuff that in it is just like you yeah. know it's just protection just protection just yeah. to close up the walls and stuff like that but not necessarily that the the load bearing yeah. part is on the, the, on the, the wall itself yeah yeah man this is so so you're saying okay but how does it change for you then when you're dealing because you, you talked about the cultural aspect like most people when they build houses there's there's almost like a sense that one day when I get enough money, capital, that I might want to just put something here. I might put on an extra bedroom mm-hmm. or expand my me, me front room or put on a, a, a garage or something. That's culturally. Like in the States, like is that, is that different? Is it a different culture? Do people just build and say, okay, well, that's it? No. So, <laughs> no, is, no. The same, is it the same thing? No. Every, every change. Like, let's say you have um, a light in the yard, mm-hmm. like a lamp. Mm-hmm. Right, for certain buildings in like in New York and stuff like that, you gotta get a permit if you want to change a lamp. You know, change the lamp. What do you mean change the lamp? Like just change, change the lamp. The, the style of lamp and everything. If you want to change your lamp, like if you want to change a window, you gotta get a permit before you could change make any changes to the building. Oh, because wow. they got to make sure that it matches the it matches everything on the block. Everything has to look like you know similar. It's the same. It's the same or like in the same language and stuff like that. So it's like even to man it's, it's, you wouldn't this sound like tape man this sound like a lot of red it's tape it's a lot of tape it's a lot of tape like to make a change on your stoop like on your steps uh-huh. you gotta get a permit for that you can't just change your balusters as you feel like you just can't you know make you can't do construction as you feel like on your house you know you gotta get a permit for everything if you're gonna do something in your backyard mm-hmm. you gotta get a permit for that is it is it because of is it because of resale value why is it so strict because, okay, it's strict because, let's say, for instance, mm-hmm. let's say Fourth Street. Mm-hmm. 
if one thing you realize about Fourth Street, there's a bunch of historical value on Fourth Street. Yeah, there's like, a lot of there's a lot of very old antique buildings. And go old antique buildings, right? Mm. Because of that, and that is a selling point for tourism, mm-hmm. like you said, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there, there would, like I said, this was the states, like in the states mentality, they would preserve that mm-hmm. because they know that's a selling point. They might even not even have like like um like a paved road. They probably be like cobble, yeah, cobblestone like stones and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because to and emphasize, to emphasize, and it probably will lead from Pozan to come right up. You know, what I mean, it's like a walkway, so you know, you could tell. You know, that this is like it's like you're traveling back in time. It's the experience, yes. it's the and interest. you would never be able to like slap paint on like the old buildings and stuff like that. You have to keep the building looking a certain way, mm. right? So that is why they're so strict about certain things. Like you've been to New York, yes, of course. And if you go into sunny areas, it's the, the same, same thing. Like, the whole block looks like a, rep- a repetition. It's like copy and paste. Every, every the whole block is like one building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paint job is the same. The stoops are the same. The, as you said, the windows, the lights, the, the accents, the mm-hmm. brick, everything is like the same thing. But you see, I can't, you know, I don't really want to not think it's like too hard because we just were like 37. <laughs> Into yeah, yeah. Independence mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So even the drafters, I can't really knock them too hard either, right? Because it was a needs. It was it was needed back then, like mm-hmm. in back in time, right? Not back in time, but then the years ago it was needed because a lot of people never used to go away to become like to study and become architects. Yeah. So this is us to something new, you know, that we're introducing still. Wow. But it's important to introduce it. Yeah, because we are building, we are developing, so we need we need of course infrastructure and so on. And it, and I see architects as the doctors of building, right? Mm. So we know how the building will breed. How to light the building, mm-hmm. like all these things to like create an experience. Like you just walking, just in. walking in the building. There's a certain reason why you would go into like a cathedral or something, and you would feel it. Feel, as, yeah. as, as you you would feel it. You know what I mean? We ain't losing that. Like be honest with be honest with me. Like because I don't see those buildings, man. Like I, like it's it's almost like the only time you see like a creative space mm-hmm. is when you're going to certain communities. You know what I mean? Like, where are the co-cathedral kind of buildings? Where are those, like... I mean, I know this style is different, but where are the buildings that we could say, okay, in the next hundred years, this building is still going to be... is going to be treasured. Because, as you're talking about, you're saying, like, some of us, some, some of these drafters, like, it's, it's a hustle. And yeah. I understand, people have to eat. I don't yeah. knock anybody who... Yeah. You guard where you guard. Mm-hmm. But these buildings, are not, like, I mean, some of these buildings... I mean, in, in 10, 15 years, you're already looking to change it because it, it wasn't something of, of subst- it wasn't something unique and beautiful. You know, that's why, that's why, you know, that's why I, I joined the, um, the planning board as well mm. because you get to see the country like 50 to 100 years ahead of the time, right? Oh, because man. you're seeing what you're approving and stuff like that. But then you start asking a bunch of questions and, you know, you find it hard that people, people like, with, have a hard time adjusting. Like mm-hmm. when I was at the planning unit, one of the things I really had a problem with is not having ADA, which is handicap accessible buildings and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a big problem. And I was like, you know, uh-huh. we need to re, you know, retrofit a bunch of buildings. Like, is there's no way that you could walk into a building and have three floors. Like if you go into True. any of these buildings, right, and they don't have a lift, but they have the space for a lift, but they never put the put lift. The lift there. They never yeah. put the elevators in. Nothing, and. As inspectors and stuff like that, we go to we go in these buildings still to this day, and we can't even like force the force these buildings to put a lift in. Like we should have the like the authority. authority. We should have the authority to tell them like you need mm-hmm. to put a lift in. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you got to pay until you put, until it, you put, it, in. put it in. Because people, it's kind of sad to sometimes go visit people in wheelchairs and they're just stuck in their house. Yeah, yeah. The sidewalks ain't big enough. And imagine we're creating new communities moving down the line and we're not even making like wider sidewalks or sidewalks that has like ramps up. Yeah, yeah. Like You're right. Because yeah. we, we roads kind of go right into the drain. Yeah. And then that's it. They stop the construction. I mean, I will say this. There has been a push, especially in, I don't know if you've been to Keys yet. No. Yeah. You should... should I, like, I drove to it. I drove to Keys, yeah. Yeah. There's a sidewalk that they built recently, uh, last year, so a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built a sidewalk that went right through Keys, which is absolutely, absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. I think all neighborhoods should have some form of sidewalk. Yeah. And it not only just has to do with like the handicap situation, because yeah. that is a big deal. They're handicapped, they're handicapped people. But also for pedestrians. Yeah. Because we, when we were growing up, we ended up walking in the road yeah. most of the time. Like you can remember like running across or to buy something uh, in the old and you got one on the small sidewalk. Tiny. <laughs> most like, of the time you're in the road anyway. You're on a bike in the road. Yeah, I mean, we've been on balancing beams. For, for, a like, while. for a while. We could take work, work now. Because <laughs> it's been that long. But I don't know, like, I think, I think, I mean, I mean, the obvious case of the obvious case for not putting in an elevator is, is simply just saving money. Like, it's, yeah. it, it's just, I'm not going to do this because one, you're not going to charge me anything. As you said, there's no, there's no penalty. Mm-hmm. There's a space for an elevator, but I'll just use this space. You ch- look, look at any elevator space, any space they have, like in any of these buildings, mm-hmm. you be sending me, they use it for storage. Yes. They're using them, sometimes they're cutting them off with a little bit. And, and it's just like, it's for years. You know what I mean? For years. Like, the, uh, at the point in time where, where we were working, we worked in a building that has like three floors. Mm. We're in the building with three floors, and, there's, and all the, the elevator shaft is used for storage. And I was like, you are blind to this. But, you know, I, I come, when I came back, I came from the States and all these things. And one thing you get a lot when you come back from the States, sometimes with a different perspective, sometimes. Mm-hmm. They start telling you, you know, like, that know we do it here. That know we do it here. And, you know, you got too much ambition, you know. You need to cut back. You need to yeah, cut back. This is like, it is. Don't worry about that, man, and stuff don't like that. Don't worry about that. And when you know, certain people like me, we just kind of get a pushback. Like, I know somebody who who was kind of a force to reckon with. When mm-hmm. it's doing, like, illegal, like, sand-minding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he got things, like, organized. Like in a matter of, in, in a matter of like a year, so he has stuff like really organized. He mm. had people coming in to check in, but one day he stepped on the wrong person, right? So you know he had the so he was cracking down on illegal sand mining. Yeah, like people going into the guts and cutting yeah. the guts and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So he was cracking down on that. And one day, and one day he do, he robbed the wrong person, and then afterwards he used to have like access to like vehicles and stuff like that. And after he did that, they put. Bo- Red tape in front of them, in, in, top, in front of him from getting the vehicles. Just the wrong car, wrong your person, because it's, it's, it's a tie within the system that somebody know the person and all these different things. You see, it, and the thing is, it's even is more accentuated when we're in such a small community because it's not like you have millions of people, people. to sift through yeah. before you find the wrong one. Yeah. You literally have just a few, few hundred people, people. people. Yeah. before you buck up on somebody who really well connected and could make your life really difficult. And that's the thing about it. Like everything is like right in front of you. Like how many people you know growing up that you were friends with mm. like in, in, in high school and now these people are even like in good grades and whatever. And when you look back now, you look at them now, they're 
totally like full time in the streets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then it, it and and the, the thing is the polarizing situation is that you got people on the other side of the spectrum. You got people that we grew up with who are deep in government, like yeah. at the highest, highest level. Level. Yeah. And it it, it 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 boggles the mind. The other day I was talking. I think it was to Shara, and we were talking about how in the next maybe five years or so. Mm-hmm. The people that we grew up with would be at the head yeah. of some of these, the largest companies, some of our biggest clients. The people that are in the forefront, like they might not be the ones making the final decision anymore, but they're the one contacting us to do the jobs now. Mm-hmm. It, and I find it to be something so very interesting to be on the other side of, 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 of a, a conference room table with somebody who is bet- be like three years above and three years beneath me. Mm-hmm. It is... Fascinating. Yeah. It, it makes you feel like you're probably getting only a dog. I think you're getting up there because you don't feel like you're an adult sometimes. You feel like, okay, you know, I'm just making this thing, you know, that's still, you know, still young, right? Yeah. But then you start to think, like, yo, listen, they got some people making some incredible movements. Yeah. You know, back in, back, back we, when I came back in 2010, I saw, I saw it, I was just like, that was my message to like anybody who's close to me. I was like, yo, we next up to bat. Like, next up? I would tell them, yeah, we next up to bat. So we got to stay like consistent, you know, stay consistent on what you're doing and just go as hard as you could because we next up to back. We got to be on this wave mm-hmm. because if we don't get on this wave, people going to make decisions for us. That's true. It's right? true. But you know, what's interesting too is a lot of the friendships them that you made, a lot of the people them that you came across in your life. I have so much to tell a child, right? <laughs> but some of the people that you come across is the same people that would authorize certain things for you at the end. Mm-hmm. Like... I would think if I was the biggest jerk in life mm-hmm. and just didn't give a crap, a shit about anything or anybody, like, I feel like at this point, life would have been extremely difficult because, Tiba, it is incredibly shocking. Some people who are making the final decisions, even, I mean, like projects and things we're dealing with government and yeah. even the private sector, like, those people are people I know from high school from college. Yeah. Like, these are people that I came around through, like, my circles, them dealing with different charitable organizations and so on. These mm-hmm. people are the, they're making moves and they're looking at you and saying, yeah, man, I know Steve from a long time, man. Yeah, bring him in on this project. Yeah, Blue Touch, bring Blue Touch in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Shavali, same thing. Yeah, but, but see, that, that's the thing about, about it in sync. It's like, you really, okay, I always got this kind of conversation about like education and getting a degree and all this type of thing. But you know, a degree only gets you in the front door. But yeah. your attitude and your relationship is what gets you to keep a keep a seat. Yeah, right? indeed. Mm-hmm. So you see that that what you're saying, like you basically now see that all the relationships that you had growing up with all these different people, right? It kind of could affect you in the long run. Now you're, you're an adult and you're starting to kind of like you know, appreciate. appreciate it, right? Yeah. But you don't know. And until, because that's why you see, at the same time, some of these guys who are in the streets you know they show you like love and respect. They in, do. In because they, they know, know you're you. from, and yeah. know how you treated them. Mm-hmm. Because some of these people come from, you know, like, some of them come from like bad homes as well. But they always look at it as they're like, yo, you always show me love since we was young. Like, you actually saw me, you yeah, know what I mean, when exactly. I was young. But you ain't even know that you see them, you know, and then I've been, then they, they, they feel like they wasn't being hurt, like, listen, then, hurt, and, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't blame... You see, the thing is, like, the older I get, the more... I don't necessarily blame people for the circumstances at all. Mm-hmm. Like, 
in any scenario, I could have ended up anywhere. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Like, you could have ended up anywhere. We could have been switched with them and probably yeah. in the same exact situation as I, them. Yeah, I always say, people, that's, that is a thin line. That's why I put you like this, right? Mm-hmm. Even like me going to college and stuff like that, right? A lot of people didn't know I went to college. A lot of people around me because when I came back, I never really exude I never exude like, that. Look so, at my degree and look at my life. <laughs> like I could tell you this much. Like I remember when I lived in the States, I lived in um, Rhode Island for like a couple of years at one point, right? Mm. And I had this barber I used to go to. And he said, Yo, you know, for three years I cut I cut you here and I never asked you like what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. So then I say, you know, I work for interior designer at the time. I'm, I'd work for interior design company and I studied architecture. He's like, wait, 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 wait. You went to college? I was like, yeah, yeah, I went to college. He said, yo, I would never assume that you went to college. I, would nev- I didn't know you went to college. He said, you graduated and everything? He, I was like, yeah. He said, yo, I never met anybody who ever graduated college. What? Because he was like, you know, in the uh-huh. hood type yeah. of thing, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, nobody he know Does, ever went to college. Went to college. That's crazy. And completed it, right? So he was just like, so when you get pulled over from cops and stuff like that, you, just, you excuse the language, like, you just tell him like, fuck off, right? He's, <laughs> that's a perception because thing. He's, because he's a perce- he can't believe. Yeah, because he's like, you, he's like, you don't tell me, guy, you, you're a college graduate? Like, fuck off, don't bother me and stuff like that? I was like, yo, no, I don't even move like that because when I go around people, I don't discuss like, yeah, you know the stuff that I did. You don't wait on your on your on your shoulder. No, and it got back to the essence of like Freako we were talking about, right? Mm. Came back and that's what I met. So then you're saying, let me just try something different. Yeah. So then I found out like National Bank had like a brochure and like like logo something they have like a local project. So mm. I went in, told them I could do it. I never did it before, mm-hmm. but I was just like I could do it. Right? You don't jump headfirst into things like regularly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> like, just like free dive, like this is concrete. Ah, it's water. It's man. water. It's water. Let's just jump. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in stuff like, um, like you know, there's no spoon here, yeah? like Matrix and stuff like that. There's no spoon. <laughs> there's no you got know yourself. Like, <laughs> I know that when it comes to the creative part, part of it, I may not know the answer to that, but I can find it out. You can figure it out. Yeah. yeah you just need the opportunity. You just need the opportunity to just go. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every single time I had, like, I, even, I was told straight up, you have a week to produce this brochure. If I don't a like, week. Wait, a week to produce this brochure. And if you, if I don't like what you produce, I'm never, I'm never hiring you again. I know who this person is. This is so exactly right? mm-hmm. I was like, you're never getting hired again at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this okay. is nothing. I say, I'll see you in five more years. You know what I mean? Like, I'll see you in 10 years from now. Uh-huh. Right? So then I took the project, came back in three days. With, with the, fin- with the, with the draft? Finish, with the finished draft. What? And that was just me staying up all night, looking at YouTube, looking at, going on Google and stuff. and Searching like, and just like Because at that point, hungry. I didn't even know the dimensions of a brochure. <laughs> so you went into this completely cold? Completely cold. The only thing that I knew is that, and check it out, because of my architectural background, right? The interior design job that I had prior to moving to Singers in 2010, we used to do like um, plans in AutoCAD, mm-hmm. then export the, uh, the PDFs mm-hmm. to Photoshop and color the plans. That, but that, that was, the, that the was le- all I had. The length and breadth of your yeah. experience. So, you know, it's literally like, you know, you bring a PDF and it's just like dropping um, the wizard, the, the marquee tool, mm-hmm. and then afterwards you would just drop a paint bucket in. Of course. And that was And it. that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. All You're I just filling. 
Yeah, but then when I went to Photoshop, I knew that I couldn't, I didn't know how to use like the pen tools and stuff like, and that. All like that. So what I would do is draw the brochure in AutoCAD, draw my lines how I wanted them in AutoCAD, then export that to, to, to Photoshop. What are you saying? Right? And then color and then color it accordingly, then just put the text in and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So that's how we kind of like, that was how it started. It, with logos, the same thing. I'll be going AutoCAD, and it's like a hybrid system. I would never start from like the, the design, like Photoshop and any of the Adobe products. I would start in AutoCAD and then bring it back up. So I, had I have never heard of that workflow in my entire life. It sounds like, it, it sounds, it's so foreign. Because AutoCAD, <laughs> the, the thing is, I do design as well. And it's like, AutoCAD to me is, is, is foreign. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had it. Yeah. I, I looked at it. I'm like, uh. This really ain't. and and me imagining you're doing design in it is blowing my brain. Yeah, but yeah. You, you found a workflow that worked for you because you're comfortable in AutoCAD. Comfortable in AutoCAD. You're not yeah. back to front. It doesn't have no, no thinking. Yeah. You create your shapes. You ship them off into thing yeah. into Photoshop. You color them just like how you color your plans. Yeah. And then you you, yeah. you just export. And then I would just learn how to do stuff like like gradients and all that like on the fly, right? I said, oh, this looks good. This gonna work. You know what I mean? And afterwards, all I would use Photoshop to do is just put in the text. Like, you know, uh-huh. create the text and, and put in the photos and stuff like that. That's all I would do. Because I knew, like, you know, in, in Photoshop, it's just layer over layer. Of course, it's just So layers. when you put in your shapes, you could just, like, cover the, the, the image and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew nothing at all about it, like, in depth, you know. I went, my first, my first vo- venture into Photoshop was as, as a result of using um, Adobe Premiere. I, I didn't know anything about Photoshop before I went to work for ZIZ. Mm-hmm. So when I went to ZIZ, like Adobe Premiere had everything. It had the text tool and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what it was not really so good at is like editing pictures. It wasn't. So like I would like take frames from the video and throw it over into Photoshop, go on YouTube, literally ask YouTube, how do I... Bap, 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 yep. bap. And of course, sometimes you get some false, you know, you get some negative results. But eventually... Mm-hmm. That's how I learned to use Photoshop. Nobody ever like tell me this is what Photoshop. This is how to do it. This is, and then eventually started to do posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like at ZIZ, like you know, little black posters because yeah. Premiere wasn't really so good at that either. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's how we do it. I, I mean, it comes to posters and stuff like that. Like I couldn't. I used to always recommend people go to Bliss. Mm-hmm. Bliss production. Mm-hmm. I know Bliss because mm-hmm. Bliss. Yeah, is that's like, it. That's it. Yeah, you know, Bliss is like supreme when it comes to like posters. And she's done. Thousands of them. Yeah, like she is like, like crazy. Like a lot of the work that I've seen, and people use her, which I think she's qu- pretty quick as well. So it's like a lot of the work that I've seen, I used to think it was Diego. I think she used to work with Diego, Diego one, with one Diego, time. Yeah, one time. I used to be like, oh, Diego probably did that. Diego probably did that. Diego probably did that. It's like, talk to Diego. It's like, yeah, Blister did that. Whenever we got a poster, we just ship it out. I said, so you don't mean He's like, no, Blister's do it. Yeah, because Diego is like big on branding. Like, yeah, he's big, humongous. Big on branding. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, there's a lot of people that, I, like, I do logos as well, right? Mm-hmm. But when I bumped into Diego, and, you know, we, I know Diego from a long time ago. Like, mm-hmm. we went to, went to church for a point in time together. So, like, so we kind of grew up knowing each other. Mm-hmm. But religious background, religious background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Diego is somebody like you know, he was at that level of where I was taking it to, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of respect for him as well, you yeah, know. Man. A lot, a lot. But if you want to go back, you want you, you want to go back over the history, <laughs> like I want to say, like that process that I had, uh-huh. it allowed me to do everything that you see, like 
like you know work with national bank for mm -hmm. a long time mm -hmm. i did work for like nci and stuff like that they afforded me to do projects like the national bank black card oh yeah 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 i remember that like you know it's funny about the black card i remember i was at the planning unit one time uh -huh. and they was talking about secret society and black card and all this different thing and what you mean i was just listening listening to the conversation i was and being entertained right uh -huh. until like they kind of take a pause and i said you know what national bank came to me about the project mm -hmm. i actually named the card oh you did yeah you told me i remember Let me say mm -hmm. that way mm -hmm. i named the card designed the card designed all the branding material i actually contacted diego as well to get ian tavian's pictures to use on the card to use on the promotion and actually you see ian tavian in the commercial yes as well. i did yeah so i connected all that but through diego and stuff like that so we always kind of like collaborated in in that respect in, in that respect and stuff like that so when i tell them that they're just like so this thing had nothing to do with what, what we're talking about. I was like, nope, ain't got nothing to do with what you're talking about. I never even met um, the governor uh. or anything of National Bank at the point in time. I never met nobody. I just dealt with the marketing team. Did, tell yeah. them they, they told me they had a card. They didn't know what to do with it. I said, let's make a consumer-based black card. Mm -hmm. Because when people travel, the people don't know them. True. So they're going to feel like, you know. This ain't incredible. They're going to feel like, you know what I mean? Like they got a black card. Uh. A black card is the thing. Yeah. You know, and afterwards... It's a symbol of status. It's like symbol of status. Yeah, you know it's I mean? simple. It's just it's just a simple thing, right? People can just assume that this person here, like yo, this is yeah, a black card. Yeah, right? this is this is premium. This is premium. You know what I mean? And I think that at the point in time, they was telling me like it was one of the best products that they ever had. You know, at the, at the point in time when they launched it. Yeah, I, I remember that promotion. I remember the video specific. I think Capo was on her. Capo was on. Yeah. So like, I remember that video specific, and I was like, black card, and I, the, 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 the first thing I thought. I don't know if it's very positive, but the first thing I thought about it was, I, I, I ain't gonna qualify for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, it's just like the, because it was a credit, it's a credit card, yeah, yeah. and it's like, I, I ain't gonna qualify for that. Yeah. Like, I immediately I thought, like, yeah, that's definitely a different type of people in marketing. Mm -hmm. I saw Ian Tavia, and she was on this rock, and she was looking out, and he had the yeah. sunset in the back. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is definitely premium for me. But, I mean, over time, I, I really like it. Yeah, I yeah. like the design. I like the simplicity of it. It, it yeah. was something like you, you know, as a designer, you 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 usually have this thing like like less less is more. Yeah, like you might make a design and then it's like okay, take that out. Yeah, how does it look? Does it still feel right? <laughs> take that out. And you do this process of elimination so, yeah. and you keep this taking out the distractions. And the, when you reach to the simplest part of the design is when you reach the most sophisticated yeah. part of the design. Yeah. It looks less cheap. It's the reason why sometimes you, you're working with clients and they don't have that mentality because it's not, it's not normal to think that way. Mm -hmm. Like normal, normally humans are in acquisition mode. Yeah. We need more stuff. It's always more. I, I need more cars, more houses, more money, more everything. So when they're thinking, okay, a T-Bone wanted to design something for me and they see a single logo on a white background. I said, that's what you're going to put on your front page. That's, that's the front page of your brochure. That's the front yeah. page of your thing. I said, yeah, but this, this look, this looks simple. Like, what the other things? We need some pictures. And if you leave it to them, they would like have a collage of yeah, images yeah, yeah. and they would have like the logo and the, a lot of information. So it's like, by the time you finish with it, you have a mush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's like, it's hard being in the creative space because the creative space, everybody has an opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. And 
you sometimes you don't. Sometimes you, you see the child come out. The child come out of people when they got to create a space. It's like you know painting time, right? Yeah. So sometimes you kind of have, and sometimes you, as the designer, you have to be so conscious about it because some people invested in the designs that they come up with. Yeah, they are. This is like the, the personal so, art project. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's like from the time you tell them, uh, they start to feel like hurt. Yeah, so you got to know how to like maneuver between that and try to get what you need to get done, right? But at the same time, including them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like... Like, do you like this or this? Versus what do you think this needs? <laughs> but, 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 but to be honest with you, I mean, the same projects, like, I learned early. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I started out doing the brochures and stuff like that and I was advised by a friend of mine at the time to charge like $150 per panel mm-hmm. but after when I reproduced the work like I was advised you shouldn't charge no less than $1,500 for your brochure because yeah. you had that kind of quality because yeah, $150 is like the same thing like with the draft of us exactly it did not change it did not philosophy change. Yeah. yeah and you cut you cut in, you cut it into the market in a very bad way yeah. and you're going and the thing because I think it's such a small community it's like once you set your price you price it forever ever well the thing is what I found that is kind of changing eh? it's, it's changing kinda, now it's changing now yeah. and it, it might have a lot to do with pushback from other artists but I do as you were saying back in the, like a little like further ten, like yeah. 10 years ago 10 years ago of course if yeah. you're $150 yeah. you're $150 and that's I have a whole story about that but yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead so, so you said so is your client that advise you the $1,500 is the least you should charge yeah, or? yeah the, the, the client cannot because you know I guess she thought that I was gonna get used mm. because and, and that's the funny thing like sometimes the, the clients will help you to see yourself yeah they do but Sometimes. that's real, right? That's very real. It's very real. You find a client that can... One you know, or two in your one life. One or two in a lifetime. So I started to understand the business. I started to like, take things a little more seriously, you know? And it's so funny. I started buying books about like branding and brochures and business cards and all these different things because I didn't know anything about it. So I had to kind of learn, mm-hmm. right? And the fly. Like I was mentioning before, in 2007, I had this name, Freco. Mm-hmm. Came back in 2010. Uh-huh. Mentioned it. It wasn't like fully well-received. So I created the business, the architectural business, graphic design business, mm-hmm. and branding business. But then when I went back to New York uh-huh. in 2014, I started seeing like a lot of clothing lines coming up, and I was paying attention because I always pay attention. Like you, mem- you mentioned me working with Chukapo. Uh-huh. I was looking at Chukapo's work for like three to four years before working for working he with him. He was around that long. I didn't yeah. even know. He I remember was he was doing all the infamous. Yes, videos he was like doing that. the videos. He was, yeah, he was deep in the in the music video game. Like Chukapo, is actually like Tilt Hat, but the stuff that Tilt Hat is doing. Yes, that's like what Chukapo, Chukapo was, was doing. like like at that kind of like mm-hmm. temperature back a couple years back. Yeah. So and I like the stuff that Tilt had doing so like mm-hmm. I can't like I can't wait to work with him. Uh, I've worked with him a few times. You know what I mean? He's, he's a he's army man, so very disciplined guy. Very disciplined. He seemed like he's fast. Yeah, he's quick man. So I came. I came. I went, went to New York. I started seeing all these clothing lines, and I was I kept saying like you know I gotta do this. I gotta do this. But then one clothing line came close to like Fuego, and it was Fuego, and I was just like oh. If they mentioned, if you know, they was just so close. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, what? yeah. They would have steal that from under yeah, your feet. Because man. if he, if you hear the name Freco, you immediately begin to smile because you remember what it means to you as a yeah, child, mm. right? That Freco is a is like a vacation in the hot sun. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, a vacation yeah, yeah. in the hot sun, and that's that's the experience you know I want. And then 
is almost like bringing back that feeling again of like happiness. Mm-hmm. If you realize a lot of the pictures I have up on Instagram, like people smiling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's, that's intentional important. too, and it's important, right? Mm-hmm. So freco actually means feel right about yourself being creatively outspoken. Oh snap! So feel right about yourself. about yourself mm-hmm. being creatively creatively outspoken. Freco, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, I get it. But I couldn't really like narrow in on like a tagline. Mm-hmm. But the tagline is create you. you create you. Yeah, me and uh, me and Nikiro mm-hmm. was going back and forth and that for like a good month to find out the final tagline. Mm-hmm. And she actually went up and it like, you know what? Let me just just create you. Just create you. And I was like, you're hanging around me a little bit too long, you know. Ah oh, snap! So you're taking credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen, that is like, hey, if if, if Miguel was here, she would have said that's classic man. <laughs> that's classic everything you do is a reflection of me yeah, yeah. well uh, i mean but but nikki we take all the credit she of said, course like, like if i said um you know i learned to, uh, i could save like say i, I save a hundred thousand dollars uh-huh. nikki would be like hmm, if it wasn't for me right? if it wasn't for me because she's very very succinct with that she, she don't play she don't play when it comes to stopping mm-hmm. the money i mean you got the messages whenever you mention anything financially yeah yeah from yeah, her, right? yeah she just gets she just get really yeah. she's getting really excited so mm. you know but my goal with Freco is really to create like the Nike of the Caribbean. The Nike of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. So it's not sync. It's not. The, it's not like you're just focusing in mm-hmm. on 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 sync. It's as a, as a market. Your yeah. market is. You're trying to go as regional as possible. Yeah. Like hence the website. You know, www.freco.com. Mm-hmm. Like hence that website. are trying to go like you know international with it as much because, as possible. and my target with the website as well. Because of the custom fees and stuff like that, that applies in sync kits and so it's making it difficult for people to even order the stuff, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. So my thing is to encourage people overseas, mm-hmm. even people who young adults and stuff like that, or even older people who was born in the, in the states mm-hmm. but have roots in the Caribbean, to you know to support the, to support the, the support the cars because to be honest with you, to, to tap into my architectural background. In this and Freco thing is a ten year plan in my head, right? Mm-hmm. But in my mind it's like a hundred years. You know, I want this thing go for because tapping into my architectural background, I want to actually be like a first responder to natural disasters in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I want Freco brand to do that, you know, and provide like shelter support uh-huh. and clothing. Oh wow. Uh-huh. Right? So that's where my architectural side comes in to play and my experience like working in the building department and stuff like that. Like, all this stuff is what I want to want to position the company so it could be a first responder for that type of event. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and, amazing. And I, I, would like like to, I would like to kind of fuse it at some point with technology as well. Mm. You know, and the missing puzzle piece is food. It's food. But however, you know, Nikira has ribbon. Right? <laughs> the has raving. So, so is it? So, the companies, do you guys, um, do you guys collaborate together in any way, shape, or form? When I said that, n- not just from a, a personal level, but on a, on, a, on a business level. No, we don't. We we don't, we don't collaborate as yet mm-hmm. on a business level, mm-hmm. and we don't. You know, Manikira work well together, but still we don't work, work well together. together. Uh, you know that kind of way. Which which man and woman? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> I will bounce ideas off her, uh-huh. and and she would give me like good feedback. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes I got pull teeth mm. with her, and sometimes she got pull teeth with me. Mm. And sometimes we get into like you know arguments about different things, mm. like pricing and all these different things and stuff like that. Mm. So, but we work well together at the end of the day. Like yeah, yeah. it comes together like fully at the end of the day. And 
I feel like if there's an argument, it's like if you're arguing with me about it, sometimes like that's it isn't like you're really passionate about it because mm. if you have an opinion and you're not like yeah everything look good everything like mm. logos and stuff like that like I did a, a logo recently for Carrie's Hanley uh huh uh huh uh huh that's Dance Connect Dance Connect okay mm-hmm. so I did that recently and you know I would kind of cure over like periodically like when I do a logo no sometimes. And then she first response is like a full sentence. Mm-hmm. I scrap the logo. If it's also oh, you're looking for that wow, not, not just a wow. I was looking for like like a facial reaction. If if because she has like really good taste, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like art and like business and stuff like that as well. She knows to connect it. So. Mm-hmm. She is like my tester for like stuff like that. Oh, okay. Like the same way I would be her tester for like if she cooks something and she want me to sample it. You're the taster guy. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I'm the taster guy, right? <laughs> and she's the, she's the tester with the eyes. So she she critiques your work mm-hmm. and you kind of critique her work. So that's that's how the gel works. That's how the gel works. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, sometimes still being like a man, sometimes mm-hmm. you do need that feminine energy to to balance it off. One hundred percent. So if men could agree on a logo. I know that this it has is a he has impact. It's an impact. It has impact. You know the thing is, I I when it comes to business, like normally I bounce ideas off my girl, yeah. like I I bounce ideas off of memes, and she doesn't think like me at all. Like let, let's just let's just get out of there. Yeah. She doesn't like we are not, especially when it comes to business and society and so like we have very different very different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. I think when when we more come together is when when it comes to like spirituality and like. Um, like projection and religion and, and them kind mm-hmm. of things. Like we are very similar. We we connect well with those things. Mm-hmm. Certain social issues as well, social things, we connect with those. But when it comes to like marketing, she is she coming from a different planet to me completely at <laughs> Like and we but just like you said, we butt heads sometimes. And I would take what she says as somewhat the general public who doesn't think like me. Mm-hmm. And if it works for her, like yeah. if she says yeah, this is good. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, this is going to appeal to people who don't have, don't think like me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, on the other end, if I like it, I know, like, okay, some weird nerdish guy who does watch Star Wars out there probably likes it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that, I represent the, the, the 2%, the 3% of guys out there who are weird, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, reading about astro, you know, projection and all these things. Yeah, you're like a web, you know, you're like, you're like Googling. You know? uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and I did, the content I digest is, is very varied and, yeah, and vast. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't have any connection to itself. Like mm-hmm. one day, I, I, I'm watching a video about planes the next day, watching Imperial, you know, how the Imperial strategy could work from Star Wars to the thing and why yeah. commercialism. Like it's just like food, poison, old age retirement like it's just like it's just a lot of different things so my taste is like it's maybe a little eclectic and sometimes you gotta understand yourself mm-hmm. and know that what you like sometimes is not normal yeah right definitely and once you know that like you can say okay let, I need a second opinion here because if I'm gonna push this like if it's for me you screw everybody else I don't give a crap yeah. right this is, this is me especially when it comes to art sometimes yeah. It's like that for me. Like, I really don't care. Like, if you like it, great. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, great. It, it doesn't stop me from doing anything. If it's commercial, mm-hmm. that's when we oh, have to oh, guard different conversation, conversation because yeah. it, you could do art and have it be commercially viable, but you could also do art that is not 
yeah. commercially viable. Like I could produce pictures for a company and they don't do anything. They don't present. They don't. They saw maybe there's too ethereal and they they go over people's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the, it's a concept that I've, I've I had this book, Work for Money, Design for Love, right? Mm-hmm. Because the business side of it, you're in the design business. You're in the business, yeah. So there's design and then there's a business and the business has parameters and stuff that you got to follow. Of course. And that's where the, 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 the gel comes in, you know, you ask to get different people's opinion because, you know, the same thing you said. Mm. She, you know, she might not, she's not thinking like me. She's thinking like, totally different. Different. And like, like, I don't went to, I don't do this, like designs and stuff like that. And I upset that she don't like them. It know? just like, it sucks. Like, how you don't get oh, this? How you don't get this? This is awesome. How you like it? <laughs> but then I have to scrap but it. you got to scrap it. And then just do it. And after she said, oh, like, no. This no, is good. This, this is good, no. And be like, yeah, you're like yeah, But it's not as good as yeah. to me. But to, again, it's not about you. Yeah. And you see, that's where you're like, your ego could kind of stop you. There's two, there's two types of people. If you want to, if you want to look at it like commercially, there's two types of people. There's the outside the box thinkers who are going to engineer new and innovative things, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna come up with things that like, Jesus, I never thought of that. That's 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 really creative, yeah. right? And there's the the, the the people who are functional, like they are, they they are the ones who say, look, this makes commercially viable sense. I could sell this, mm-hmm. and they're gonna work to push something mm-hmm. until it's successful. Mm-hmm. We need both those types of people. Yeah, we need both. Types. You need the also thing is otherwise there'll be no. If there's only if there's a domination, and and this is where like sometimes you go into companies and you could tell the the, the culture. Some cult, some companies are all about the creativeness of, of of what they're doing. They're like, no, we gotta come up with something new, something new. Gotta be new, gotta be new, gotta be fresh. Yeah. And those companies, of course, some of them do well, some of them don't. Yeah. And then you have the other companies who's like, no, this is proven, this is tried, this is true, this is what we are continuing to do, and this is the culture. We know this works, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And they bank on tradition, yeah, tradition right? Yeah. Now, if you have, if you go into a situation that has a balance of both, like you see now in a board meeting with a, a, a parameter of people who are different, you got the creative people on one side, you got the, 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 the functional people on yeah. the other side, right? <laughs> like, you could have a powerful team. Yeah, they're going to have arguments, they ain't going to agree. Yeah. Most of the times they will not agree, and that's great. That's All you have to do is sit down in the middle and mediate. That's a good idea. That ain't gonna work. Okay, yeah. scrap. That gonna work, but it's not innovative. It's not. It's not different enough to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. It's not gonna work. Yeah. It might make money, but it's not gonna make long term money. It's not innovative enough to last because that's the problem. Doing something over and over and over again, it's diminishing returns. Yeah. You're not gonna get any new. There's nobody who gonna sign up for this because the people who are there like it and they're gonna continue to buy. But they're not going. They're not going to get any new customers, yeah. and the new people can get you new customers. But they might not give you enough new customers so much, yeah. to support your business. Yeah, and uh, to sustain the business. To sustain it. Yeah. And people who like people who are like that, like creative people, like what I find, and it's not again, it's not an issue unless you make it an issue. It's difficult to follow through because they're always coming up yeah. with new things every day. Is like, why we don't have flying cars? Yeah. The next day is, <laughs> why we don't have. Cars are going underground. Yep. You understand? Like, if you don't have the person going to stick with the idea and see it through to fruition, then the idea is just an idea. It's not. It's an actual project. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't have any new ideas, then you have, you know, like back talking about that. Um, that sent me back to like, like my high school days and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I had um, a business partner coming out of high school, right? 
Oh, to high school. Dude, just start from high school. Yeah. That's crazy. Bismarck coming to high school and I was the... Queen. So you wasn't just thinking about girls in high school? Because that's... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so you were the... You're trying to call me a pimp. Well, I know. I was just... I thought that high school was about looking girls. That's, I'm no, joking. Uh, Please, know, guys. <laughs> I think got little kids about this thing. High school is not about girls. Yes, get a girl, but yeah. No, know. but you know, you had, you had all the girls in high school, Steven. I don't think I had all... Nah, Come on, you was a LOV. You yeah. said you, you were singing, you were serving people. I just had one, Come two, on. three, what four. Were you group and name again? One side? Yeah, we, we group and name one side. Yeah, I, I was, on was Lover Boy and, and, and Nikki was Daddy Clench. See, he had yeah. the names. Yeah, he had the names. <laughs> it was all, it was a aspirational things. Yeah. It wasn't real. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you were in a business, you had a business partner. I had a business partner and that's how we used to function. It was like, he used to focus more on the business. Yeah. And you know, going over the made the connections and stuff like that. And I was a creative force. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to just focus on our creative work. And that lasted for like a good after high school, maybe a good ten years, ten to twelve. Ten years, that's crazy, right? that's good. Uh-huh. But then we just had as you mature and stuff like that, we had a just different ideas mm-hmm. of business. You know, and nothing personal or nothing like that. Mm. But just kinda just decided to just kinda dissolve. The yeah. business, in a sense, and just work separately. Yeah. And that's when I started to push um, Freco. Because before that, Freco wasn't really on the forefront. No, no. Because he would have looked at it and said, okay, well, um, uh, don't really see how that will make yeah, business-wise. Yeah, business-wise. But then you're seeing it as, we need to create a new avenue. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the conversation, you know, led to a, to a point where, you know, like wanting Freco to be under the umbrella. And I was like, it's a totally different thing. It cannot be under the umbrella, mm-hmm. right? Because we give different services and I have to be in these meetings. No, you know, because it's a different selling point, right? And mm-hmm. I could get into the language. So I had to, after that point, after design things, I had to get, tap into like the business side of things and understand things. I had a couple mentors and stuff like that. Like I could tell you, for instance, mm-hmm. like I designed the logo for the Olympic committee. Mm. With the Pelican board and stuff like yeah. that. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. I did see that. Right. And that logo almost didn't come into it, it almost didn't get done in terms of me giving it uh, giving it to them. Right? Mm. Because they came to me and not knocking anybody. Mm. They came to me for the project. I told them the price. First of all, let's say the project was like for a year. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that the project was up for like a year. Wow. Uh-huh. So they came to me maybe like um, a Wednesday. Discuss the project with me, tell me what they're looking for, what they needed for the following Wednesday. Wow, that week? Right? Where's with you and these weeks, man? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so they needed it for a week. Uh-huh. Yeah, they needed it within a couple of days, you know, mm-hmm. and I tell them I get it done. Mm-hmm. So when the logo is done, <laughs> they um, ask me how much. Mm-hmm. Tell them six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. easy. The craziness, right? Six hundred easy dollars, and they had a problem paying that. What? Right. So they sent like maybe like two people to speak to me for six hundred dollars and tell me you know they wanted me to to use it as like um a platform for like like free work to sell like you know to build my reputation. And I said I had to, <sighs> I had to tell them like listen right. I have a son to support and he can't eat that. Right? So the logo was on pause mm-hmm. until I spoke to one of my mentors. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, I have an aunt, Jennifer, new. Mm. And she said, Tibo, listen, let this logo go, right? Because I know you, and I know you got a thousand logos inside of you. But let this go because it's going to be done in the history books because it's the Olympic Committee type thing. Mm. So you're going to always be there and be there for a couple of years well. And when they ask, your name going to always be mentioned about it, around it. Mm. So I just let it, I, I took it in. I'm gonna let it go. However, they ended up paying me the six hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But before that, when I met like one of the main ladies who was behind it, an elder lady as well, and she started telling me about exposure and all these different things, and I tell her like, my son, and you know, she tell me um, that's the problem with our young people today. I said, problem with young people today. I said, you ain't, so you're trying to like scam me out of this project. You're trying to scam me. That is exactly what it is. It is a scam. Like, I, I, I tell you, like, even before, I remember one time I did these drawings for this guy. He wanted to present it to a client. At the point in time, he tell me he had the client. I said, okay, then. I went on board. He was, like, um, to do, like, apartment buildings, like, a bunch of buildings. So I do it up, do it in Photoshop, clean it up. I did a little bit of 3D at the time, playing around and, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, 3D. Mm-hmm. I, I gave him, but I, I'm not really versed in 3D, but mm. I was trying to make the presentation. So I did everything and whatever. And when time come to pay, he didn't want to pay me. Right? He didn't pay me up to this day for the work that I did. Right? I've, I've experienced a few things. Right but check this what happened. He's an elder guy, you know. Elder guy. So I'll call him and he wouldn't pick up. Call him, call him for like a week. He didn't pick up. He said, like, dodging my calls. Mm. So then one Sunday, I could remember clearly. One Sunday, I said, my cousin, yeah, let me borrow your car. I can't know where he live. Mm. So I drove up and I parked in front of the house. Pickup wasn't there. He wasn't home. I didn't just know that he wasn't home. Mm. So I called him. And in my mind, I said, he going to come home, you know. He going to come, like, in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I sat there for 20 minutes. And when I, turned this, and when I, went, when I put the, um, the key in the ignition to turn it, mm. he popped up. Right? He drove past me, but he didn't know that I was in the car. Because mm. at that point in time, I didn't have a car. Okay. So he couldn't recognize me. So you. he parked and everything. And, and he jumped out. They jumped out. And I said, oh, well, your dad, Jimmy Carla, just called you. He said, he said, to stutter. He's like, you know, I see the car, I see the car. But well, I said, you see the car, and you ain't pick up, and you ain't, you've been, like, dodging me, dodging for, me for, like, for the week. Tima, this one, very gangster. Right? Mm-hmm. And I said, like, that's the same thing I said. I said, suppose I was a different kind of person. Like, look how this could have ended differently for you. Right? What? Tima, that's a trap. <laughs> that's a trap, dog. No, because it's just like, but then, and I said, and if it ended up differently for you, right? Mm. People, when I say young people, is the problem. Mm-hmm. But they ain't really seeing. But like, they ain't really seeing what you're doing to me. I got a son to feed. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I wasn't working. Like, I wasn't working a regular job. So yeah. this is like, I needed this money, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah, support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only one person, right? There's only one person who I have yet to see since I came back mm. who I must apologize to, right? Mm. Because... She was really working with me. Uh-huh. And, you know, I went... I went... You know? Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's bad. It's um, Shannon Harley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Shannon. Mm-hmm. Like, special events. Mm-hmm. I did a logo for her. Right? And I'm, I, I got to speak to her because I, I did the logo and stuff for her and I was calling her to get, like, get payment. I'll see, like, where the payment going to go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she told me who her business partner was. But... I didn't know her business partner had the same name as her brother, right? Uh-huh. So when I couldn't get her, I approached her brother, right? 
which was like the height of, in my view, like looking back at it, yeah. is like kind of like bad. Yeah, that's unprofessional. That's unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, that's unprofessional. So I went to her brother and I said, he said, yeah, I, know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But Shana Ali just ended up just paying me and just kind of like never did the business again. Yeah. But the reason why that happened that way is because I got a call around the same time doing the project that my son, like, dead. Now, my ex-girlfriend at the point in time, mm. like his mom told him me, like, they're telling me. Not told him, you gotta edit up that. Mm. His mom telling me, right? <laughs> 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 his mom telling me that they had to cut all his hair off, he suddenly something on his scalp, and they, they, they inject him in his scalp. So what? I was like bugging out because I had no money to like buy to a ticket help, yeah. or the, money to help or anything like that. So mm. that is what fueled that. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That, just, that like, kind of, that kind of like push. it pushed me and intensified me and I kind of disrespected her, you mm. know what I mean? In essence, and I was unprofessional, disrespecting myself, yeah. you know, most of all, you know what I mean? So, but when I see you know, I'm going to try to chop it up with her and like, at least, at least apologize. You know? Apologize. She might not, I don't think she got it on her heart, but you know. Yeah, but I got it on my heart. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's, well, that's maybe, Eight years ago? Eight years ago, yeah. Eight right. years ago would have been like 2011? Maybe like... Yeah, 2011. Yeah, right. That's crazy. I maybe, maybe like seven years then. I was, you know, but it was a good number of years, but it kind of sat with me for like a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, know, so you got to pray for your own self. I mean, if you do something... I always believe in that too. Like, no matter... Whenever you come to the moment of saying, okay, look, I did something wrong, mm-hmm. I realize no. It might be in retrospect. I realize no, I did something wrong. Like, I think that's the time when you need to, like, contact whoever you need to contact and try to see how, be- how best you can make it right. Sometimes it's way too late to do anything meaningful than to just say, hey, look, I, I really did mess up here. And I-, I am sorry. Yeah. That's it. If the person chooses not to forgive it, that's not, it's really nothing you could do about it. Yeah. But at least as a human being. Because, she, I mean, in, in dealing with her, so she was always, like, respectful and responsive and stuff like that. But I would just, I went off the hinges, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was just emotional and... It was kind of like, not really my character at the point in time, but I never really experienced that because here's your two-year-old son, mm-hmm. you know, and you're hearing, like, his mom call me crying and panicking and yeah. stuff like that. Just you, like, you're you going to get panicked too, you might, get, you might yeah. think. But at the same time, I mean, you got to maintain. You know, the, the one thing that you said, you said something earlier um, about, like, older people and, 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 you know, saying, oh, younger people is a problem. And I have, I have serious issues with this because I, I work with much older, older people all the time. And their philosophy, aside to cut this post-colonialism kind of, not even post, it's more colonialistic kind of thing. Like seniority trumps your ability to function as a business. And I don't like it at all. I think there's supposed to be a mutual respect. I am offering a service, you're offering payment for that service. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's on the other side. You're offering, like if you're working with me, if I hire you, subcontract you mm-hmm. to do a job for me. Um, I now become the person responsible for your remuneration mm-hmm. in any respect. Whether the client shafts me, yes or no, I have I am responsible for your payment. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not doing something for me as a favor. I am not doing your favor. We we've come to an arrangement. No, it's a business trade transaction. I have to pull up my end of the bargain. You gotta pull up your end of the bargain. If you pulling up your end of the bargain, I gotta pull up my end of the bargain. Non-stop. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be mm-hmm. 10 years old. I could be 48. I could be 100 years old. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Once you are providing the service, so, yeah. I'm providing the remuneration. And a lot of the times, I work with a lot of guys here. I don't have no problem. Once you could do the job, mm-hmm. 
I have no problems hiring you, even if it's a one project by project basis. No matter what happens with the client, I have to pay. Yeah. So you find what happens is for me, I don't ever like bite off anything that I can't chew. Mm-hmm. I don't like the other day we had I had a, a situation that kind of exuberates this fact a little bit more, you know, interestingly. There was a client that came to us, um, I had a meeting with them, and they wanted us to cover an event. Now I told them, okay, well, this is what we'll do. We'll provide two camera people. I will be one of them, and we'll have somebody to help us, you know. So it'll be a team of three. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, okay, this sounds fine. Give them the price. This is great. We could work with this. I say, okay, yeah, you need to pay 50% by this time, yeah. right? About three days before, they said, um, well, Stephen, um, we're going to have to pay about four days late. I said, four days late? I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. That's, that's what I said. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. They said, well, the problem is that our accounts department is experiencing some issues, but guaranteed four days after, the money will be on your account. transfer. The money will be on your account. Guaranteed. Well, you know, four days come. I ain't seen no money, money on your account. Right? So I call and say, you know, what's going on? They said, we'll get back to you. They don't get back to me. Now, the, there's two days left before the job. The, they were supposed to pay like two weeks before. The, the, the deposit. Two days left before the job. They call me. It's like, Stephen, um, did you get... The, we, we, we experienced some problems. The wire transfer bounce. And so on. So I am like, the wire transfer bounce? Why? I asked, why? They said, we don't know. Maybe the information you gave us was incorrect. I said, okay. I don't believe that. I don't believe so. But mm-hmm. let me make sure. Call up my accounts <laughs> person. We, we still using the same information? Yeah. Call up my bank. You still using the same information? Yes. Is this information correct? Send it, like, I, I have like, yeah. a close solution. So I send them a, 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 WhatsApp mess, a WhatsApp picture. And they're like, yes, this is absolutely correct. What's the issue? I said, could you check to see if you refused the payment for me? They went through, they called, they called me back. No, we have received nothing. It's not our end. We called the international bank, that's the, the, the root bank or whatever. They said they, they, don't, they don't have any, any, you know, any collection of, the, they don't have any recollection and they don't have any transaction that happened for mm-hmm. us. Call back the client. No, long and short of it is this. Client says, okay, we'll send it tomorrow, which is the day before the job. Mm-hmm. I say, I am not comfortable with this. We already wiped this off the books. Because in my mind, the job ain't happening. You ain't pay the deposit. You ain't, you ain't, mm-hmm. ain't nothing happening for me. That's yeah. not how I see it. They say, um, okay, if we pay the deposit today, will you do it? I said, no. Right now, you have to pay the entire thing. Because <laughs> we've already passed that point. Yeah. You understand? We already passed the point of doing business regularly and on the terms that we agree to. We don't pass the agreement mm-hmm. all today and thing. If the, if the money shows up, she calls back. She says, we can't do all today, but because of the accounting thing, we could give you half today and then when you come tomorrow, we could actually give you physical money. money. Yeah. Okay. I said, upon arrival, and we're going to put it in things. So, Carl Shara, she voice up the email. Upon arrival. Well, that, that weapon, they got to talk about that weapon. This money is due. Yeah, of course, you got to put this thing in writing. You can't mm-hmm. just say Upon arrival. So we get there. Now the wire transfer that they're sending come through. But we get to the, the thing. 
and all kind of back and forth with this money, man. The, the, the first thing they say is, okay, so after the event is over, like, we'll give you the... No. No. And we sit down in the chair, me and Shara sit down in the chair and waited. The, the event's supposed to start at 4... No, it's supposed to start at 6. We did at, like, 4.30. They told us to come at 4.30. Because they changed the time of the event. The event's supposed to start at 5, but they didn't tell us nothing. So we did at 4.30, and we ain't setting up nothing. She said, okay, go ahead and set up, and then we'll bring... I said, no. When you bring the money, then we set up. So, mm-hmm. So, so you know, that's gangster too. Gang, we don't play because I, as I told you, we would walk out this place because this is nonsense. Yeah. You don't obey. You don't obey. And I said obey because we already had an understanding. Mm-hmm. And then because you don't, you didn't follow. No, we at as we at an impasse. No, we got like deal with something. We got to do something completely different mm-hmm. for me to be comfortable. Cause I'm not going here to work for free. Yeah. And then at the end of it, so we don't want. We're no extra photographer. Not well, gonna do that because again, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then the lady comes out and she's like, We have multi billion dollar business. All you you said you would have two people, you only have you said you have three people, you only have two. I said, Well, what did we say about the premier? And she said, Okay, we went, we did the job. I mean, we did it fine, it just yeah. went back and forth. But just saying, you can't expect to get the clients, like all the people, yeah, they got this kind of. I tell you to do it. You're not my mother, but, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, my father, yeah, my mother. Like, I respect my father and my mother, and they don't do me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 old, the older generation, for some, some reason, it's like a, a good amount of them, they're not really open to stuff. And I mean, even in the, the dialogue I had with that guy, after yeah. I told him that, like... This could be different. We still know, we still, when I see him, it's still respect. Mm-hmm. Like, you still daps up, hey, how you doing, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but did he sort it out? He didn't sort it out, like, up to this day. But I see him still, and you know what's funny? Yeah. When I joined the planning board, he used to come up into the meetings as well, so he had no chance, no choice but to see me, right? And, and was still in pay? Still in pay me. And then, you know, we, are what we, we always, we, I always remain cool with him, but the thing is, I said what I said to give him perspective, mm-hmm. because he might rob the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Like, He's lucky. He lucky is like somebody. And he got you know, different. Kind it would have been a different thing because the professional thing for me to do was to get the fifty percent deposit and then you know do the work and stuff like that. But I did the work based on who he was and the reputation that, that he had, he, that he had, and what people sold to me, you know. And to but stop doing the work like how you pass the work and stuff like that. But I had to explain to him like how because saying it's so it's time. Every, everything is in your face, mm-hmm. like you know everything happens so fast and stuff like that. <laughs> So I had to let him know, like, yo, you can't do this because then you can put somebody else who younger in a bad position. In a seriously bad And you don't position. even know, like, like, what I have to do. Like, this thing, how important this thing is. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's like, it's funny, too, because the culture, how, how, how I see it um, is that I don't play them games. Like, I actually, we've standardized the business. Like, if you come to us the day before and you want something done tomorrow, you still have to pay a deposit. Mm-hmm. Like that's how serious it is. If you want me to do something this afternoon, you got to pay all. Like because yeah. you, like if you think about it, if somebody is coming to you last minute, there's only two things that could have happened. One, something that had worked out before didn't work out for them. Like mm-hmm. maybe they had somebody else plan mm-hmm. or something. Or two, they're very unorganized. Yeah. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, it's the second part. They just. Unorganized, like 
You got a wedding that you know is supposed yeah. to be going on for a year, months. Mm-hmm. And you come three days before I need a photographer. No, you obviously, in this grand scheme of what's going on, you are unorganized. What do I think I'm going to meet when I go to your event, wedding, mm-hmm. organized thing? Mm-hmm. An organization. Which means it's going to be more stress for me to do a good job under the circumstances that you're providing. So with that being said, let me just not have to deal with asking you for money again after this event that you didn't organize properly. Mm-hmm. If you could come up with the money now, then that's one less stress. Because I'm going to stress myself dealing with this thing. I'm not supposed to be stressing myself dealing with your job and still stressing myself to get paid from dealing with your job. Yeah. That's double. It's we double. don't do that. And then, and then you have to pause all these other projects that you're working on that are paying you. To deal with to this. Yeah. And all these other... And that's one thing too. Like, in terms of priority, like mm-hmm. as business people, and this is something I didn't really know going in, but it's something you got to learn real, real quick. And learn it. You got to learn it fly. On the fly. Yeah. And you got to learn it like really quick too. There's a priority list of your time. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you might not have to write it down, but you have to mentally know it. This client is going to be the priority over this client. Mm-hmm. And this amount of time, I'm mean, saying don't miss deadlines, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But this has to be done first, mm-hmm. and then this will be done second, and then this will be done third. And this person is probably going to be problems, or is already problems that could wait. Yeah. Like we do it all the time, but you got you got know it in your mind. Because some clients are really trouble and they're gonna give you like a lot of excuses and try to plan your heart strings. Like, yeah. And at the end of the day they'll just be like, Shall we could do this? Like she's like, Nope. And we move on. <laughs> you see, and and when you're young too, it's like they kinda got these um narratives of young people that don't want to apply to you that doesn't apply but like who you think you're talking to you know what I mean that's like not, that's not me you know like, you're, you're making me see you're making me want to be some kind of like like an unprofessional person because I want my money and because I'm young and because I'm young just, just because my age fall into a certain range and I'm asking you for something we agreed to that makes me unprofessional no you are unprofessional yeah yeah. And you're covering it up with your seniority. Mm-hmm. Like as if you have some authority in this situation. You don't. You don't have any authority in the situation. We are going in in a trade. I can tell you, no. That's why you're having a relationship sometimes where your butt heads a little bit. You learn how to politic. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn to because compromise. You got to so compromise. You got you know, okay, you, who you're dealing with. And, you know, okay, how are we going to do this dance? Because all of business is all about relationships. Yes, it is. It's all about relationships. You gotta have disagreements. Like I always tell, you know, like Nikki and so we guys got disagreements. Like yeah, and you could be angry at something I said. I could be angry, I could be annoyed, you could be annoyed, whatever the case may be. But it's what we choose to do with that energy mm-hmm. when we feel it because you know, you you're you're the kind of person I assume that, you know, if you're angry about something you could pour it into a project at some point in time. Mm. So it's almost like people that always want from like the negative feelings and stuff. No man, negativity is absolutely necessary. Say because mm. a battery only a battery need a positive and negative charge, charge yeah. right? Mm. And it's so just difference in charges. It's it's different char- yeah. Mm. But it's the same battery. And the same you're pushing the same energy, you know, I mean to get something done. So people need to kind of like accept and understand their dark side a little bit. Mm. And, you know, 
cultivate, um, cultivate it. it and re-engineer it to do something positive. With. Uh, uh, even if it's something people say positive, but like I think it's just use it to propel. Propel, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Positive Pips, and negative Pips. energy. Just use it to propel yourself forward because negativity, like as far as I found, there's a lot of there's a lot of energy in it, but there's also a lot of lessons in it. There's a le- lessons in positivity and being able to maintain a positive frame, but there's also messages in you negative. Yeah. Like, one thing my girl always tell me is that, like, whenever you say this going to be an issue, it always yeah. turns out to be an issue. You know, when, and especially when it comes to business, yeah. it always ends up, like, if you say a client is going, this client, this client gave me some vibes. I don't particularly like what's going on. She's like, every time it turns out, you were absolutely 100% correct. Mm-hmm. And something you go beyond, like, you say, I'm going to do it anyway. And then you stress out yourself, yeah. and then you look at the money and like, this really wasn't what, what this, the, you know, really, really wasn't what this great here that I get. But you see, and, and uh, another thing too, mm-hmm. as you talk about like getting clients and stuff like that, sometimes as like designers and creatives, it's very important that we collaborate yeah. and build a, a network. Because like, I remember one time I had a client who came to me, mm-hmm. but years before that he you know he used to go to this other designer which was Diego mm-hmm. right and then he came to me out of nowhere and mm-hmm. he had work done but I know him to go traditionally to Diego so mm-hmm. like he kind of like shot me like why are you coming to me now right mm-hmm. so then I called Diego yeah. when, when I see Diego sat down with Diego asked him like what's some of the problems he experienced with this client and he tell me you know XYZ this is the case this yeah. is why whatever the case may be bim bim bam but it's not really like he didn't speak bad about the client he mm-hmm. just sent me the stuff that he experienced so, yes, right? with him, yeah. so then with it kind of allowed me to like be understand prepared. the dance you know what I mean like what about to get into and the same exp- the same things they had this experience the same exact thing because people don't normally like they don't change like that you don't change yeah especially if they don't see a problem with what they're doing and most people unfortunately they don't see a problem with what they're doing and, you know it's, 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 it's kind of like tough because you live your whole life mm-hmm. to become like a useful person. Mm-hmm. And then the more useful you are, the more people kind of use you. Yeah, that's weird. Eh? Right? And it's kind of weird. And it's just like you kind of have to know your worth at that point in time. Because if you don't know your worth, you could be like get treated badly. Really badly. And people just using you because you're just useful and they consider everybody else as you know, useless alone yeah. them in a sense. Are just are just to be used, not to be invested in. Yeah. Because the thing is when you when you're useful, it means that you usually you you, you, you throw your investment into certain spheres. Like me being useful means I'm investing something into something else. Mm-hmm. Right? But some people don't invest much into anything. They just accept the investment and that's all they do, yeah. just accept. And you always feel like there's a misconnecting energy when you're giving, 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 and there's nothing really coming back. Yeah, and you know, like being in the creative field is a gamble, right? Because we can we, we work hard, extremely hard, and we kind of underpaid, right? All the time. I mean, I remember I mentioned that black card to a lady in New York, and she was into legal because mm-hmm. I was working at a retail store at a point in time, right? Mm-hmm. And she came in a couple of times, and she said, "You know, there's something different about you." So. Like, what you do? Or like, what you into and stuff like that? So I started to explain to her and I mentioned the black card thing to her. Mm. And, until, and she asked me, like, how much you got paid for that project? And I'm bank. Because she dealt with stuff like that before. Mm. And I told her, she like, listen, right? <laughs> Not straight. That project was at least 30,000 US dollars. That's right? the general And truth, you were yeah. supposed to get royalties. Royalties every year forever. For 
until they stop using until it. Until they start using it. Because and it's intellectual property, it's an idea, it's a concept that they're using and they're making yeah. money from it. And, you know, I, you know, I was paying, if, if that's 30,000 US dollars, I would probably pay maybe like 2,500 easy dollars. yeah. And people want, and people still had complaints like, who, who is this boy making all this, this money? money from this thing? And it's like, we're unrealistic. You know, you got people who willful with that. Like, they know the value of what you're doing. Yeah. They, they pretend to not know the value. Or sometimes what happens is they, they reassimilate to the culture. Mm -hmm. Like, like, let me give you an example. You go, like, I'll use an example. You go away and you do marketing. Yeah. And you, when you're doing marketing and you're learning, you're doing your school, you're doing your degree, they're literally telling you the prices of these projects. They're saying like, mm -hmm. okay, you have $100,000 US. How do you use this to make this promotion? And they, 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 they go about, they say, okay, well, you have to, 50% of that is for this and 25% is for this, 10%, 5%. And they, they literally tell you how much money is in this. Mm -hmm. And it's somewhere in there, the production cost is there. Maybe 25, 30%, whatever, right? And they say, okay. So they understand, okay, the value of what, I what did I value of what Stephen is doing is 20,000 US dollars. Mm -hmm. They come back to saying, kids, what is the budgets, what, what are the, the, the budgets associated with this campaign? Yeah. Uh, 20,000. $20,000 mm -hmm. for for the whole entire campaign. We have $20,000 to push this, 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 this campaign. Okay, we're about to go deep with some other stuff right here. So like, <laughs> two things happen. One, they said, that's nothing. How do I make this work? And they said, of course you make it. We've made it work for years. Mm -hmm. You pay the guy only a thousand dollars to do these pictures. And then you just like, you take the, the $10,000, you put it into distribution and put it around and do this and do this. And you take the other 5000 and you print some things and you do this. And, and it's like, but wait, 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 wait. So we're giving $1,000 to the guy who got the pictures? Out, out of a $20,000. Oh, so yeah. the, the very basis of what we're doing is on the, 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 the rock bed of $1,000? And then that's the ball, like the foundation. The foundation, foundation of it. You, what you're doing is a thousand dollars, and then he's and then he says, "Well, I guess that's how it works, right?" And he just assimilates, and that's it. Yeah. And he completely forget. Yo, listen, when you where you come from, they're doing similar to worse things mm -hmm. for thirty times more money. You know, talking about all that, like they like trigger back some memories. Like I could remember, like when I when I worked with like National Bank, the marketing manager at the time, like literally used to fight tooth and nail to get me paid right mm -hmm. to the point where the person signing the checks wanted to kind of actually like meet me face to face <laughs> and see who is this person making this money right who is this person and you know just wanted to put a face to it to the uh -huh. name you know but we met and luckily it was cool but suppose she didn't like me you know what I mean she would have been fighting more she would have been more. fighting more and more and stuff like that you know and then it begets a personal kind of thing you know uh I can remember as well. This and this, this is a deeper, deeper Go ahead. thing, right? I said it. I remember being in an office, mm -hmm. and you know there was mentioning, there was discussing, like the other person that they used was overseas mm -hmm. on a different island. Let's say the island was Saint Lucia or something, right? Uh -huh. And they tell me this is a person they typically use for what they wanted me to do, right? But I mentioned the name in passing and I, I, it stuck with me. Uh -huh. 
So one day I went in and I to hand in my invoice and stuff like that. And whew, <laughs> they had they had out that person invoice. Right? So the name stuck with me. So, uh-huh. I, so I kind of accidentally just see like yeah, what yeah, somebody yeah. from St. Lucia would think. You know, I was having the hells to get my project approved, right? Uh-huh. And they said, like, this is the guy that they typically use for this type of project. And I was getting hells. The guy was charging five times more than me. This is what they typically use. He charged five times five more times than more me, more. and I gained hells to get my thing approved, to get my invoice approved. And this is person charging him five times more than me, and it's like, and I sit there, I was like, I, it's like, I was baffled, you know what I mean? But then yes. it goes back to into the thing about you know people would pay more for like something foreign than something local. It would, yeah. you know what I mean? And even the local people, you know, as locals, we could do the same amount of work. And so they do more. It's like the same thing, like as they was talking about, like yeah. you know, when they bring a certain artist, they're not gonna call any name, and they get yeah. paid for like life. Life, yeah. And then you when have one performance, and, and they have, have no perfor- no problems. And he has performers like an island, like one of the main performers I look at a lot in terms of how they write songs and push songs, and the way the songs on is like Dijo. Like mm-hmm. you listen to Dijo, and Dijo is like yeah, top class, man. Top class, and is. From Mossad, Siddiqui, come right. Ah, oh, like you, yeah. you, you, reach, you reach this youth right here, right yeah. now, who has the potential to kind of like to open up doors, off, yeah. you know what I mean? Blast off and take things to a, a different, different level. level. And even the way that the some like, you know, promoters and stuff like put together like, f- like um, the performances and stuff like that. Like, let's say you're bringing somebody like, um, I forget the singer guy from Jamaica who's popular. Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Dex- Dexter Daps. Okay, Dexter Daps. That's a Dexter you Daps. call him a singer guy? Yeah, yeah. there's a dance a lot. He's, he's sure. an artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's an artist. Mm-hmm. Dex adapts. Let's say, you know, you bring in Dex adapts. You would assume that somebody in St. Kitts who mirrors that type of entertaining style would be right next to them because that person from St. Kitts probably would suck their life out to the audience just because people, you know, resonate with that artist so much. Like somebody like Digital. I think mm-hmm. Digital could go like neck to neck with this guy, you know, you know what I mean? But in terms of, in terms of, um, in terms of popularity, in, in, in terms like of the content and his performance, oh, okay, and okay. Like in terms of the source of his material, source of material, like he got neck, but you can't point to open a show. Like he can't be the opening act and perform for grass. You know what I mean? You see, the thing is, it's all perception because, but it, it's really awful. Like it doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying it's gonna make. What I'm gonna say right now makes no logical sense. <laughs> but I'm saying it because it resonates as far as I see to be hundred percent true. When Dexter Daps, when you put Dexter Daps' name on a mm-hmm. poster, there's value based on the culture. The culture associates more value to Dexter Daps because he's not readily like, available. available. You know, he's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Dexter Daps going to come here twice a year. Mm-hmm. This going to play 20, 30, 40 shows a year. Yeah. Right? Dexter Daps going to play two. So... People associate, okay, that's real. So we under that. He's also foreign. He's from Jamaica. He's also regionally mm-hmm. more popular yeah. than digital, right? So all of these values we associate to them. And we you say, see, okay, we say, okay, we're gonna yeah. pay digital, we're gonna pay next adapts more. For all intents and purposes, I do understand. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is the difference, the 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 enormous difference to the weight at which these things are. Because if you put Dijon on a show, there are people in the audience 
80%, let's say 70%, 80% know the songs mm-hmm. and sing along with the songs. He gets really good audience participation. He's a very good performer. Yeah. So he gives a good time, right? Dexter Labs comes out. Guess what? 60 or 70% of the people know the songs. Some of them, they hear him in passing the day because a friend uh, is a show, is something to do. Yeah. Not necessarily that they're fans per se. Like mm-hmm. I hear Dexter that's why I don't know the songs. Uh, I'm more familiar with visual material. But you see, the, the, I was talking from even, even not really perspective of getting paid as like, like a Dexter Daps, right? Mm-hmm. But at least put him in a position where even like, let's say Dex, Dexter Daps management team would be present then they're not going to be present at the opening of course not no. so you put him in a position where he could be noticed oh, okay. because he got a similar talent yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and a so you're, you're putting him in a position so he could succeed so he could succeed yeah. and so if you, if you can't pay him if, if you don't want to pay him like the equal amount or like something similar or it's just below or whatever the case may be put him in a position at least to win you know what I would love you know what I would love to see saying kids do I would love to see singing. Instead of bringing guys here to, to sing, I would love to see them take some of them budgets, pay artists to have featured material with local artists. That's exactly another thing as well I would love to see. Like, I used to always think that, like, some music festival, you bring in this top act, mm-hmm. right? The same thing. Let's use the Dex Adapts and Digital thing again, mm-hmm. right? Let's like, say Dex Adapts is, like, the biggest thing in the, in the Caribbean. Okay, right, right, right. Uh-huh. And you put somebody like Dijon, like just before him, I believe that you're supposed to put, I feel personally, this is just my opinion. Mm. That's how I thought it would be, you know, like you would put them in a, in a room together mm. to either record a song or even have a conversation and they, like they meet each other. And so not just like, just come and you're performing and you leave. Indeed. Like this is something that you got to put them in. And then afterwards, he get to perform just before and they could see the response to Claudine and say like, yo, I could invest in this youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And put them in a position put him, to put him, succeed. Put in a position to have like, you know... A successful... Sex, and get contacts and stuff like that. Yeah. But just don't... Bring a man here and pay him and then go on. And then the thing is about it, so like somebody like... Um, some of these artists and stuff like that, they're kind of creative too. And some of them, you know, will kind of step back mm-hmm. from the business side of it. So some of them can't really like, you know, interact with people on a business level and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, True. but they're cool. They're but just, they're cool. And yeah. you could just put the management team together, let them work out something. You said like, oh, this is same. I'm saying because we have this such and such person. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to like... Like imagine somebody like Digital could be getting paid... Like seven hundred dollars for like a show, yeah, something yeah. like that. Like, and you know, he got family to feed and stuff like that. And it's way more difficult. You see, the thing is, it's also way more difficult. You, what's not logical about saying it and how we distribute money is that to run a business here is is very expensive. Yeah. Um. And and even for like guys setting up like a studio and so like, there's a lot of home studios in Saint Kitts right now, and they've come such along the technology. Yeah time that we in right now you know the techniques that you can learn for free whereas like the universities used to keep all these things kind of hold like you know for us to, oh in order for you to learn you have to come to university mm-hmm. no it's like ah, you know we could share so here you got some information that could help you out yeah but what i'm saying is the sound quality is like night is like night and then mm-hmm. go back 15 years and tell me which home studio didn't sound like a home studio. No, you don't know no, where maybe. people went. You have yeah. no clue. Yeah. You just don't know. They're, and it's not like no big studio setup sometimes. Yeah. It's just like a simple thing. But these guys, they got the technique and they got the software and they got everything on their side now. Cheap, ready to go. 
mm-hmm. and creating high quality sound. But you see, I mean, I remember listening to a, a podcast that you had before, mm-hmm. and somebody's mentioning about you know people in sync. It's setting the prices when it comes to like clothing and stuff like that to mm-hmm. match like an American thing or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. And in my mind, I was just like, you know, that's why the the, the clothing businesses that started in sync is can be sustained no, because okay. you telling them to undercut, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why, why would you undercut the, the, and devalue your product, right? And, 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 and things. Because, yeah, Stephen, you, like, these things, like, like my prices and so on, how I set I think them. that's called, that's called, a predator, that's called predatory pricing. Yeah, undercutting, like, if, yeah. you, if there's something as a value and you're willing to take a loss yeah. for it, mm-hmm. it's called predatory pricing. You understand? And my thing is to be competitive, mm-hmm. not with not, not with a Nike, but still, you know, like that's my competition, mm-hmm. right? And I don't set my prices like them because they have a, they have like technology and everything added to their to their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But there's bills to be paid, there's cost and stuff like I got to pay for marketing, of course, you know, branding of course. and stuff like that. Yeah. The only the only actually the secret weapon to to this whole thing is that I know how to use this software because had I not known how to use the software, like I had to make like you got different types of short types that I could use for, for my stuff, right? Uh-huh. For those short types, I have to make the the inside tags for each one. Mm. And it's about over because like thirty different short types. So mm. you you're making extra small right up to like four X. Mm. Right, and you gotta put all these pieces. So when I go online, I gotta put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. So they could print right? it. On, mm. All that is being done, and maybe like. Like, okay, I work in interior architecture. Uh-huh. I work from nine to six. So then I work from nine to nine. Mm-hmm. So then when I get home, I have like two hours to play with. Either I got to job plans for somebody mm-hmm. in two hours uh, every day. Every day. Uh-huh. And I do like branding stuff, uh-huh. marketing stuff. I prepare all these different things, right? Yeah. So the work that, got, that goes into it, I don't even charge people for like the work that for goes into it. For the work, yeah. You're just charging it. for the overhead. And the thing is, it's like, I trying to get the bills, the business to build because eventually I like to pay. Like I want to hire Blue Torch for something and yeah, Blue Torch. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think Blue Torch could, but add I need, but but add some value to what, what I want what to do. The story I want to tell because I want to tell the story about the Freco, like the mm. actual snuckle and stuff like that. So mm. people from the Caribbean would get it. Yeah, yeah. But I can't do it because what I need the sales. Yeah, yeah. So why would I, like you like. You can't say things, and sometimes like people just need to be challenged when they when they say certain things, especially if they don't have any insight and the industry they're speaking about. Yeah. It's weird because the thing is too, sometimes what happens is that from the outside, like predatory pricing works well like in big communities, like humongous communities. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon is a predator. Like that is not even a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon is a predator. I don't know if you know how. You go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I see how they, 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 you know, they, they take people's stuff and remake yeah, it. Yeah, they remake it and they sell it cheap. for the very yeah. cheapest yeah. rate that they right. possibly do it. And then it kicks out everybody else. Yeah. And then because they own the platform, they put their stuff at the top. Amazon Basics. Amazon yeah. Basics, yeah. It's Predator, <laughs> 100%. So the problem the problem with that business model is it might not be applicable to um, to a small community because the we as Amazon could have like Consistent, like they could, yeah. they could afford to make yeah. a loss. Lasted. They could afford to make a loss yep. because they're playing this really, really long game. Yeah. In saying it, when you get to a predatory price that is like unsustainable, more likely than not, unless you have ridiculous levels of backing, 
you are going to go to business eventually too. Mm-hmm. and not I mean you might kill everybody on the way there but it's almost like taking a samurai a samurai sword putting people in front of you and just digging and digging and digging and after all you realize I can't stop digging yeah. and he reaches to you and then you die too yeah. everybody come you know Harry carry but what I'm saying is it's not sustainable what happens when um, the question with predatory prices what happens when everybody is dead mm-hmm. and you try to bring up your price now and nobody wants to pay. Like you're trying to reach up. It's like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix started off really cheap. Mm-hmm. They bring up their price. Like they're, they're more expensive than everybody people else. People offended. And people got offended and they got... People, people actually sign off. off yeah. Their loss, I think, is 100000 or something. But people sign off. People are like, nah, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Plus come. And then all of a sudden, you got all these people coming in and they're, they're doing the same predatory pricing scheme. Netflix might probably there or maybe not. Mm-hmm. But... In the grand scheme, Disney Plus can't stay at six ninety nine. It can't stay at six dollars forever. No, it isn't. But then somebody else is going to come and give six ninety nine again. Yeah. The only thing is that Disney and Netflix and Google and all them they have amazing amounts of capital. Mm-hmm. They could play a long game, and they could just literally see how long could we play this game until one of us dies, because killing the other person is more important. Than thing yeah. diversification comes into that too I because mean, you can't be making a loss on your only business and and, and that's a funny thing like to be honest with you even with like with fragrance and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I'd operate in a sense at a loss in in, in, in a lot of it right because mm-hmm. let's say I send down twenty four shirts and twenty four caps mm-hmm. they got your customs oh buy that's the key so I shipping them myself right clearing them mm-hmm. you got pay for that right but the fees I charging at the store. A step in down Fourth Street, it doesn't involve the shipping price or the, or the, or the, customs. Or the custom price, right? Yeah. So, because you're trying to be competitive, I'm trying to be competitive mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just like, nobody, you ain't really calculating that. I'm, I'm taking on all these expenses. You're talking about like clearing it and everything. You're talking about extra. It's like 60%. It's 50, it's 50 to 60%. I think it's something like that. The value, the mm-hmm. original value. It's ridiculous. I, I always just say, like, I, I need to get somebody on here. Who deals with customs? I'm gonna get that next year yeah, because, because they don't kill local resellers mm-hmm. and retail. They kill them dead. The yeah. only places that do well here with retail and resell, resale, um, are the agriculture, the people who are in agriculture, mm-hmm. because they, the boat comes in and it doesn't have any customs on it. Mm-hmm. They don't pay. I don't think they pay anything. Or they pay an overhead price and that's it. They don't pay per good. So them guys don't at the market. They buy from the Dominican boat and they resell it. Mm-hmm. The Dominican boat is that cheap that even when they resell it, it's still so, cheap, mm-hmm. right? It's still affordable. Let me not yeah. say cheap. It's not cheap. It's affordable. affordable. Yeah. Um, so they make money. The other people that make money are the bigger businesses, Hosfords, TDC, um, and, and all their subsidiaries. Yeah. They make rams. They make money. Why? Because the government gives them special concessions. It's very special. They don't want pay the rates that we got paid. They don't pay that. No way close. Sometimes they don't even pay that until they sell this stuff. Yeah. You check yeah. what I mean? Like, they have special arrangements. So they could be competitive. Whereas a small business owner who is paying the taxes, who's paying what the government wants yeah. them to pay, cannot be competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're selling a shirt, like, we go downtown, you could go downtown right now, try to buy a, ma- a mansion. Like, a long sleeve dress shirt. $120. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, and then when you go online... You see the same and shirt. you see the same shirt for 15 US. What do you feel about the business downtown? You feel like, man, that's a scam. Yo, yeah. they're trying to rob me. 
And it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that these people have to calculate all of these costs and then they have to try to make a profit mm -hmm. to continue to pay for the place that they're in. Because town rent is expensive and growing. So it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that, man. It's a lot of stuff. Hey, you know, that's just... And they, they could compete because, like, like you're saying, like, they don't have to pay like, a huge amount of... Like, you know, Not even and then they sell this stuff like marked up like crazy, like ridiculous. You know, I mean, like my my, like, uh, my father just recently moved back, and I had to help him build a box, mm -hmm. like you know, out of wood, like treated timber and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we be treated play. So we build this this box, and he's a T-boy. You see how much for this for, for this um treated play? This four by eight play mm -hmm. is thirty dollars, right? Mm -hmm. He said one of these planes thinks it's four hundred dollars. Four hundred, yes, that's his exact way it costs. Yes, <laughs> three eighty. The last time I checked, it was three eighty-five. And he, he yo, and you know, it's funny when when we was on the port, we had to break on the box so they could check it. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing, right? Uh, people was asking about buying the wood off of him. Yeah, one time. But because it's gonna be no matter even if he charge three times more, mm -hmm. it's still gonna be way cheaper. But it's then, still gonna be cheaper than buying it from from these guys. And you know, but these guys as well, they they could afford to run a sale and sell it that cheap. And you think you're getting, you think you're getting like you're a deal, not. but you're not getting a deal. You're still paying marked up prices. You're still, you're still marked up but prices. again, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily argue with people for this because we live on an island surrounded by water. And as much as we want to feel like this is the new age mm -hmm. and all that, logistically, we still live on an island surrounded completely on all sides by water we are not connected to anything we are literally 66 square miles of 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 i may want to say dirt but that's what it is trees and soil in the middle of the ocean not floating not moving any closer to where these things are are, mm -hmm. are manufactured yeah. no matter how much you try Customs could get cheaper. I, I think so. I think customs should be cheaper. Mm -hmm. I think once you have a business license, customs ain't supposed to be more expensive than if, you have, if you're just going in personally to grab something. That's what I believe. It would sustain, it would push small businesses to get a leg up. But then again, big businesses don't want small businesses. Let's put it down. So, to the point, we live on a rock. We live on a rock surrounded by water. Getting things here means you have to have somebody with the transportation means to get here. They have to make money long and short yeah. to get here. Mm -hmm. You will never pay what an American pays for goods. You mm -hmm. will never get anything here for 15 US. Mm -hmm. D just scrap it from your mind. Yeah. It will never happen. Yeah. As long as a plane or a train, not train, sorry, a plane <laughs> or a boat, boat have yeah. to come here, you will never get it. Somebody has to make the $20 no matter what. Mm -hmm. So we could scrap that. Customs is where we need to hit. 100%. 100%. Anyway, Tiba, thank you so much. Guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. Once again, Merry Christmas um, and all the best for the holidays. Uh, we will be back soon because, I mean, we have to deal with, with that show. Oh, man. Okay. Like, we're going to have some guests on that are going to be dealing with um, Miss Sinkets. Oh, that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. Yeah. That's, that, that's, a, lot that's a lot of controversy, too. Whatever happened, yeah. it's going to be controversial. <laughs> All right. So, guys, thank you for listening once again. Um, my name is Stephen Smith, and peace. No gang signs, yeah. guys.